the church, when it tries to blend in and look the same, loses its salt and loses its savor, the King James Bible says. Loses its flavor, so to speak. Loses its effectiveness. Uh, if I had time, I'd uh, step to the side for a minute and preach a three-point outline on uh, what it means to be a salty Christian. I don't have time to preach that whole message, but there's more to being salt than just uh, flavoring things up and making it taste better. Salt preserves. Salt stings. So you may say amen right there. There's a lot of things uh, that salt does besides just making your food taste better. And the Lord teaches us that we are to be the salt of the earth. And I believe that signifies that we are to be uh, those that preserve righteousness and truth in the land, that preserve the Word of God, amen, Using being instrumental in God's hands is the ones that preserve the way of life by teaching the Word of God. And if we're not preserving what God said, and we rather choose to preserve what we say, then we have lost our saltiness. We've lost our effectiveness. And so what are the tools that God uses in this process of sanctification to make us effective? That's what we want to answer tonight. I'll give you three things right out of our text in, uh, in ver- chapter 7 and verse number 1. The, again, that is 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And verse 1, let's read the verse, then we'll break it down. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And boy, holiness is something that we don't like to talk about much, do we? Amen. <laughs> But the Bible says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. We've talked about how that there's more than just the filthiness of the flesh. You can be morally pure as it relates to fleshly sin and be just as vile in your spirit as the whoremonger out in the world. There's more to filthiness than just physical, literal, carnal, fleshly sin. And sanctification is all-encompassing. God doesn't just want you to avoid physical fornication, but He wants you to avoid spiritual fornication and spiritual violations. Amen, church? And so let's look at this. Uh, We're going to break this down. The, The tools that God uses to make sanctification effective in our life. Number one, He uses the promises of his word. Look at it again. Having therefore these promises dearly beloved. What promises is he talking about? Well, uh, the short version is start back at verse 14 of chapter 6. This verse uh, chapter 7 verse 1 is referring to something that he just stated. Uh, And so quickly, let's uh, just by review, let's read these verses together. Uh, Verse uh, chapter six, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? 
What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Here is a promise. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. What a promise. Wherefore, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's another promise. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What a promise that God gives us, that as we yield to his word, he will accomplish his will with us, for us, and through us, and in us. We do not have any excuses for being ill-equipped to live a sanctified, separated life for the glory of God the Father. You say, well, uh, my flesh is just so weak, preacher, and I just can't help myself. My friend, that's where you're wrong. You can help yourself because you've been given the promise by God Almighty that if you're bought with the price, uh, that He will empower you and enable you if you'll just yield to His Word. So there's no excuse for the child of God. To, to waller in the mire, of, in the muck of sin and the flesh and being fouled up in your spirit. You're angry all the time. You're bitter all the time. You're snapping at people all the time. Amen. It's time for you to grow up and quit making excuses for yourself. Get in the book. Amen. Let the Word of God work His cleansing work in your heart and make you the new creature that you were meant to be when He bought you with His blood. Amen, church. There is a promise that He will work with you and for you and in you and through you if you will allow Him to do that sanctifying work. Amen. So He's going to do it through His promises. I'm thinking about Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4 where it says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. My, 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 look at how powerful these promises are tonight. To be partakers of the divine nature. And I will say this, because what the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If that does not manifest in your life as a, an alleged believer, then you might want to check up and see what you think happened the day you say you got saved. Amen. The Bible says to make your calling and election sure. You better check up. If you say you got saved but you're still living the same life, living, uh, enjoying the same sin, and it never bothers you, you're never convicted by it, there's never a check in your spirit that alarms you that you're doing wrong and that you shouldn't do that, then something is amiss. Something is wrong because the divine nature of God will not uh, coexist with habitual sin on a regular basis. He simply will not do it. 
That's not to say that he will leave you if you sin. That's not to say that you can't sin as a believer. But it is to say that the Spirit of God will constantly deal with your heart until you make things right with him or until he gets tired of it and brings you on home. That's not popular teaching either. But you think the Lord is going to constantly allow you to drag his name through the mud, the name whereby you claim that you're called? Amen? Now, that being said, he's very patient, he's very loving, he's very kind, and I don't think God gets the thrill out of it taking anybody to an early grave. But if you're his, the Bible says there will be chastisement. There will be spiritual discipline, and, 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 and I believe in some ways literal discipline. Have you ever felt like God manipulated your circumstances to get your attention? As a believer, as a child of God, oh yes, oh yes. Sometimes things are going just fine till you disobey, till you don't believe, till you don't trust, till you don't take a turn he said turn, or till you don't avoid a turn he said to avoid. And then next thing, nothing's working out. Amen. Everything just stops dead in the water, right? What happened? That's God the Holy Spirit saying, hey, without me you can do nothing. Amen. That, that promise that he'll be with you is what is going to cause you to be effective as you live out this process of sanctification. And your witness for God will not be effective without the power of the promise of God's word to enable you to live it out. Amen? So you got the promises. But secondly, uh, it goes on and says, Let us cleanse ourselves, chapter 7, verse 1, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So you got promises, but secondly, you have purity. Purity is what makes sanctification effective. Purity, that's a strong word, but it's exactly the kind of lifestyle that God wants to produce in our lives. Pure in heart, pure in mind, pure in spirit pure in soul, pure in body. Amen? Now, I know that we live in a sin-cursed world and you can't live a single day possibly without thinking something you shouldn't have thought or seeing something you didn't mean to see or hearing something you wish you hadn't heard or, or doing something you wish you didn't do. Right? But you're going to be miserable if you entertain it for any length of time and if you let it fester. God's sanctification will produce purity in your life jesus taught us in the book of matthew chapter 5 in in verses 13 through 16 and i've already quoted some of this but i'm going to read the entirety of the passage now that i had in mind jesus said "Ye are the salt of the earth but if the salt have lost his savor wherewith shall it be salted in other words if it doesn't do what it was meant to do where would you even put it if you are not going to live a sanctified life, why should you even exist in the earth as a living, breathing Christian? He said, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. And isn't that what happens when the Christian compromises and tries to blend in with the world? Uh, if it, you lose all of your effectiveness, and if anything, you become a laughingstock. They trod you under their foot. They have no respect for you because 
You don't have a backbone. You don't stand up for what you believe in. Uh, you, you think you've earned their respect, but if anything, you've earned their distaste for you. They've cast you out. They're trodden you under their feet. You are the, the, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. There's no such thing as closet Christians. There's no such thing as closet Christians. Amen. God help us. God forgive us for not being bold as lions. Unapologetically bold for Jesus. To speak forth his word. And speak forth his name. To be light. Well I don't want to make a show of myself. You better not. But you better make a show of him. Amen. I'll, I'll be the first to agree. This ain't about you and this ain't about me. But it sure is about him. And if I have to step out in front. And the light shine on me. Long enough that I can mention his name in front of a bunch of people. Then so be it. As long as they hear Jesus. You can forget my name and it don't, it don't matter. But you better not forget his name. And it's going to take somebody that's willing. To step out and be a light. And yes they're going to see you. Yes, they're going to notice you. Yes, it's going to be intimidating at times. And yes, you may be shy in nature and bashful, and you may not want to put yourself out there like that. But Jesus says that we are to be light and let our light shine before men. That means they have to see us. They have to hear us. And we're not, they're not going to get that with us blending in or hiding who we are as Christians. And what makes this work is when we allow the purifying work of the Word of God to have its effect in our lives. Because everybody can spot a hypocrite. Amen. And I would even go so far as to say this. People don't mind so much that, that, you're, a, that, that, that you're flawed. They just mind it when you're flawed and, and are not willing to admit it. Amen. If you're just honest and say, I'm... Uh, the only difference between me and you is the grace of God. Amen. And I have the Spirit living within me. I have, I have access to power that you don't have. But you can have that same power that I got. And when you, when you both sin, we go, go, both go to the same God and Lord over all who is rich unto all that call upon Him. Amen. If you're honest about it, don't pretend to be somebody you're not, but do be the one that you are. You are saved. You are redeemed. You're sanctified. You're, be, you're called to be a light. And so with your mess and all, tell others about Jesus and say, look, I'm not pointing you to me because I'll disappoint you, but I'm pointing you to one that will never disappoint you. As long as you're sincere and honest about who you are versus who he is, you can, be, you can have an effect in winning others to Jesus Christ. But it's, but, but it's when we act phony and pretend like we are the standard. That's when we lose our effectiveness. When we act like we're better than them, that if they made the choices we made and went to the same church we go to and d did the same things we did, that they'd be all right. Amen. And I, I hope that we don't have anybody in here like that. Amen. But we preach Jesus. 
We don't preach ourselves. Right? I've heard parents say, well, I, I, I can't tell them not to do that because I did it when I was their age. That is the stupidest excuse I've ever heard in my life. And I don't mean to be ugly, and if, and if you made that mistake and it's too late, water under, I apologize if that offends you. I'm not trying to offend. But for those who are still learning and still have a chance, let me tell you something. We all preach a truth that is bigger and higher than we are. When you preach this book, you're preaching something perfect that even you have not completely lived up to. But he didn't say preach the parts you got down good. Hello? He said preach all of it. The whole counsel of God. Even if you preach yourself under conviction, preach it because guess what? That word being declared even over, even over yourself out of your own lips will work a process of sanctification and he can begin to work on you and it'll start working a change in you, the one who delivered the message. The word simply needs to be declared and exclaimed no matter how feeble the lips that declare them, but let it be declared because we all need a standard higher than ourselves to live by. Amen? So we have promises and we have a purity in God's word that can work into our lives. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So God wants to purify us. He wants us to stand on his promises. And lastly, I want to look at this section where it says perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And my last point is perfectness or perfectness. I don't know how best to pronounce that. Perfectness. If that's a word. Amy, is that a word? We good? She's like, I think. Perfectness. Well, what about that word? I, I'm personally, I struggle with that word. How, how can we live up to perfection, right? Perfecting holiness. A deeper dive into that word actually means to fulfill further or completely. It deals more with maturity than it does absolute perfection in the sense that you and I think of. The idea is to be fully mature as children of God. It means to finish what you started. It, or it means rather to allow the Holy Spirit to finish what He started in your life. That although you got the whole package when you got saved, it's got to be unpacked throughout your existence this side of heaven. So the process of finishing, what did the Bible say? Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it, he finished it. Faithful is he who has called you who also will do it. He didn't just call you, he's going to make sure that the calling is done. So any measure of success, any minister like myself or others claim to have, we can't really claim that success for ourselves. He called me, he did it. <laughs> Very humbling to know that nothing is done that he didn't do. He just chose to use me as a mouthpiece. 
and I'm honored and I'm privileged. But I can assure you that if, it's going to, if anything's fruitful, it's because of him and not because of me and not because of anybody else. Amen? But he wants to bring that work to perfection, that is to full maturity, to completion. Uh, another word is uh, to consummation. Amen. So it says perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Wow. God is holy because he he's sanctified. He's separate. He's set apart. He's different. He's above. He's beyond. He's in a class all by himself. Amen. And what happens when we become partakers of the divine nature because of the shed blood of Christ being applied to our hearts and lives, we become one with God the Father and God the Son. That's what Jesus taught in his you can see that in his in his model in his in the Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17. I and my Father are one, right? And he talked about that he prayed that we will become one with them. So when we become one with the Father and the Son through the shed blood of Christ, we are positionally holy. But then we begin to watch the process of sanctification make us practically holy. As we live out our lives, we learn to live differently than we lived before. We learn to think differently than we thought before. We learn to give differently, do differently, everything different. So that it looks and sounds and acts and behaves and feels and thinks more and more like the perfect, perfectness of God Almighty and His Son Jesus Christ through the aid of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verses 5 through 8. But watch thou in all things, Paul wrote to Timothy, listen now. He said, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I, Paul said, am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. What Paul is giving us a glimpse of is what it looked like when he came to that uh, completion, that fullness of maturity in his Christian walk with God. What happened? He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen? And if you haven't finished yet, then sanctification isn't done with you yet. Amen? If you're still here, there's a reason you're here. And as long as you have breath in your body, God is not through with you yet. I'll even take it a step further. One preacher friend of mine said it this way, you're invincible until God's through with you. Amen. And if you're here, there's a reason. And he's still working on you, right? And sometimes we feel hopeless and helpless even though we're here. <laughs> but trust God's word. Know that he has the power to effect uh, to produce effectiveness through this process of sanctification in your life. 
He said, I've kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And I love this next part. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Oh, we, we commend Paul for finishing his fight and receiving his reward. But I'm glad he closed that statement knowing that giving us the truth that in reality all of us can finish our fight and receive our reward. That is the goal, that is the objective of the process of sanctification. And if you're like me, I'm a slow learner. And it's probably taken me a lot longer to get to where I'm at than it should have. Stubbornness, hard-headedness, selfishness, pride, any number of things. But I found that the hammer of God's Word slowly but surely chisels away all those imperfections, all those things that don't look like Jesus. Until at last the sculptor chips it away until what he's looking at looks more and more like him. And that's what the process of sanctification looks like. And the closer you look like Jesus, the more effective you'll be in representing him to a lost and dying world. I love what Jesus did with his disciples. He healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils, and then he turned around and commissioned them and said, go do the same thing. Wow. Really? I thought that was just for Jesus to do. You, you do know that we are his representatives. And if we allow the work of the Holy Spirit to work effectively in our lives, then the same gospel that effected change in Jesus' day is the same gospel that can effect change today. And I, I believe that he's very much alive and able. Amen. And he can do anything that he ever done and a whole lot more. If we will allow the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us who Jesus is, what Jesus looks like, what Jesus did, what he was all about, and what he commissions us to do as his representatives. But we're certainly not going to get there blending in. Not, not blending in with the brethren, not blending in with denominations, not blending in with the world, but blending in only with the Trinity. <laughs> the, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is the Word of God. So if we blend in with Him, we'll be so contrastly different from the world that they can't help but see the light and it'll be a pure light and it'll be an effective light and they will not be able to do anything but acknowledge that they heard a message from the Lord through us they may try to deny it they may try to uh, talk themselves out of it but when we live like we're supposed to live and say what we're supposed to say in this dark and dying world and allow the Lord to put difference between us and them as it relates to holy living. I'm not talking about living a Pharisee's life. I'm not talking about setting yourself above other people and, 
and pretending like you're better than them and giving them that attitude. I, I'm just talking about showing them a different way because of what Jesus did in your heart and life. If you learn to love them like Jesus loved them and live in front of them like Jesus would live in front of them, it'll be an effective ministry. People will come to Christ. They'll not be turned off by your arrogance because you won't have any. Amen? They won't be turned off by my arrogance because I won't have any. Jesus didn't have an ounce of arrogance. He had every right to. Jesus could have been arrogant. If arrogance wasn't a sin, he would have had the right to have it, right? If anybody had bragging rights, Jesus did. But he came and he was a servant. To show all of us a better way. And not once did he get drunk to save the drunkard. Amen. Not once did he sin with the sinners to sit amongst them and lead them to himself. He went to where there was. But he did not participate in their sinful activity. And yet he was able to have conversations with them that led them to himself. And we can be in the world and still not be of the world. But we're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to live a sanctified, a different life. So that they'll want the God that we serve and that we tell them about. Amen. Sanctification. Does it really matter? Oh, yes, it matters. Let's pray that God will work that process in our lives.